0: Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one.
1: Welcome back to the Opvagcast. Cast. This is the Sammy Hagar episode. It's episode fifty five. Uh I am your host, Steve Cuff, as always. And joining me today I've got Adam Myros. Hello, Steve. How you doing, buddy? What's your favorite Sammy Hagar song? Uh Mas Uh that's a great choice. <laughs> this is gonna get interesting because I don't I don't know how many Sammy Hagar songs there are, so if I keep asking this question, someone's gonna hit a wall. Sean Glennis is here. What's your favorite Sammy Hagar song, Sean?
2: uh steve uh your love is driving me crazy but my favorite sammy
1: hagar song is <laughs> there's only one way to rock <laughs> is is that an actual sammy hagar song yeah, it yeah? Is. i didn't know that actually so that's good
0: i didn't know you're such a fan it's it's you would never guess how the course goes something along <laughs> the lines of there's only one way <laughs> there's only one way to rock what's the way <laughs> does he ever reveal uh he does not reveal god
1: that's like meatloaf never told it's in the pudding <laughs> the love jesus uh jake Trapil is here how you doing steve i've had a weird couple of days man let me tell you oh. i'll get i'll get into it it's been a bizarre holiday season as much as i love spending time with my racist father like whew, it's it's <laughs> you know it's been weird
3: that sucks. Uh, and by the way, I don't know who Sammy Hagar is. That's I thought, that's he, was a, I thought he was a ball player. Stay pure, Jake.
1: Just never, <laughs> never Google that, and you'll he's be better off. He's rocker. the Red Rocker. He's he's something all right. Uh, we also have uh, Eric Bailey. He's back on the show. Eric, how's it going, man?
4: Good. How are you, Steve?
1: Pretty good. Hanging in there. You got a favorite uh, Sammy Hagar song
4: in honor of the uh, fifty fifth episode? I don't know any Sammy Hagar songs, so no. <laughs>
1: You and Jake, God, what the hell is wrong with you guys? You you weren't into uh, post-David Lee Roth Van Halen?
4: Oh, yeah. He was not that band, wasn't he? This is, <laughs> this is this is a, a rich
1: vein that we've tapped into.
3: Van Halen, I've heard of them.
1: Oh yeah, I know them. There's the boys that play the guitars. Oh, yeah, rock and roll. He played, <laughs> played shortstop on the Dodgers. <laughs> Good lord, uh, man. Yeah, I, I had a real fucked up Christmas. So I was trying to get back to Milwaukee, and my car's been kind of weird. So I figured I'd take the train from Milwaukee to uh, you know uh, Detroit. And I was, I was can on my, you, can your car drive 55? No, that was, that was my fear is that I would get up to 55 and just explode. So I, uh, I took the train back and we got to Chicago and we were kind of sitting there for a while. And then the conductor came by and he's just like, Hey, just so everybody knows we're delayed indefinitely, which to me, that was not an acceptable <laughs> answer. Cause it was too close to Milwaukee at that point. Uh, plus it was like new year's right. weekend. So where the hell am I going to get a hotel room in Chicago? So. Uh, I was like, all right, I'm going to be smart cool. about this. I'm going to get a bus ticket. So I got a bus ticket, and I was waiting in line for the bus, and then they overbooked the bus, so the bus just drove away, and I was not on it, and neither were like 30 other people. Uh, and so... You, you should have uh, you should have done the uh, Queen Latifah and got on the bus. Well, listen, man, I'm going to tell you what I did. <sighs> people often say, Steve, you watch a lot of dumb shit, how is this ever going to help you in your actual day-to-day life? Uh, to which okay. I say, oh, She's not in that. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you. Uh, you may recall in the film Home Alone when the uh, mother is trying to get home to her son, Kevin McAllister, and she can't get a plane ticket, so she ends up hitching a ride with John Candy in a polka band. Um, and I, yes. I didn't yes. have a polka band to hitch a ride with, but what I did see is I saw someone wearing a UWM uh, like pullover hoodie, so I, I just went over to them, and they were with a group of like two other people, and I was like, "Hello, fellow kids! I'm not a serial killer. uh, let's take an Uber from Chicago to Milwaukee
2: <laughs> so i I was, gonna,
1: I was gonna I was gonna joke that you just caught an Uber. yeah no i, I that's, that's literally what I did. It was only a hundred bucks between four people i mean that's that's not bad twenty five oh, bucks no, a pop. Yeah. that's totally reasonable." Uh, so, and you know, I got to hang out with a weird Uber driver and three like Chinese chemistry students. So all my dreams came true and it truly yeah, was a happy new year.
3: And it's a good thing you weren't a serial killer. Otherwise you would have been arrested for entrapment.
1: Yeah, that's oh. true. Mm. Well, and, and the whole serial, ki- like I literally told them, like, I'm not going to murder you guys. And they're like, uh, we don't know. Maybe you're going to murder us. But if you think about it, like there's three of them, one of me and an Uber driver, that's the worst murdering scenario possible like how do you even get away with that
0: that'd be a tough murder to pull off Mm -hmm.
1: so i mean maybe they just had a lot of confidence in me as a as a killer but i don't know anyways hey it's the end of 2017 actually no it's the beginning of 2018 it's january already what the fuck uh (laughs) so we have gotten together this evening to uh talk about what sean glennis has called probably the best year of his life or you know any year really in the history of the universe isn't that right sean uh yeah yeah i mean why why what's the argument against i don't know that? i haven't heard a good one yet just i'm i'm all in for 2017 baby uh so sean i i guess you know let's let's talk a little bit about uh the year that was here did Did you discover anything wait, wait, in 2017 are,
2: are you asking me are you asking me to do the
1: anti bob dylan uh what is the anti bob dylan going we're going to look. We're going to look at. Oh, don't like <laughs> that. Was good. That was real good. Layers to it. All of your dad jokes, <laughs> like onions that I peel slowly and cry. Uh,
0: yeah, our audience is really just—they're—they're they're all going to get that one.
1: They're going to. Yeah, they're totally going to get it. All—all all Bob. Actually, they're all Neil Young fans. So, Sean, favorite twenty six. So maybe they're just. Kind of, I thought they're all, all Sammy Hagar fans. <laughs> <laughs> and we bring it back around. Thank you. <laughs> uh okay so what was your what was your favorite discovery of of 2017 was there anything that like really popped out to you
2: yeah um my answer isn't like super straightforward as like as much as like here's one movie but Um, were you you gonna say
1: your sexuality
2: (laughs) yeah yeah that's that stood out this year um (laughs) made a lot of blogs uh but um uh no i if I i don't really know why i think it was just um because it was a blind spot but um I mean, I had seen a, I had seen a handful of his movies and or a small handful and, and I liked him. And for some reason I was like, this guy has a large back catalog. I'll explore it and see, see if it catches my eye. Um, so I watched um, every single movie except for like one and a half uh, Pedro Almodovar films. And um, <clears throat> that uh, was a pure joy to to discover and rediscover the ones that I had already seen and um, it was there's a lot there. And and um, I didn't want to single it down to just one movie because um, it it really does sort of like feel like a tableau of films rather than just like, uh, here's this great one. Here's this not so great one that those do exist in in his catalog. But um, it, it it was just such a joy to watch them all together and kind of like just just see. I don't know. Just see the fabric of, of, of who he is and uh what was going on in different movements in spain at the time and uh you know the punk scene in spain as opposed to you know the punk scene that i've always known about in history in america um things like that so uh that i i would highly suggest um going through his his movies they change as the decades change slightly and um there, there's different things to to enjoy throughout and and lots of great performances and uh, just stuff that I imagine you can't
1: find in a lot of other directors' works. So, what's your pick? Be- best Almodovar movie that you saw this year? What's what's your uh, what's your choice? Uh,
2: Talk to her is uh, absolutely phenomenal. That's that's the uh, correct answer. Um, so,
1: thank you for for saying that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it,
2: yeah. It's it's a, yeah. He just is such a gentle director, and at the same time, super brute in aesthetic choices. But um, yeah, it, it's it's. Talk to her is really great, and um, Sean
0: just likes a giant vagina. Yeah. He does like the giant uh, vagina. <laughs>
2: uh, no, what flower of uh, flower of my secret? I believe it's called. Um, does that also have a bodacious another, another bush? W- uh, I don't think so. I'm sure there is of some sort, but um, but I think it's flower of my secret. I, I believe that's what it's called. But um, that's another one that that's uh, much less talked about. But uh, I I found I was really taken by. And if you like pop art, um, it's
1: there's there's plenty to admire there. Good choice, man. You really thought about that one. Good job, Sean. I'm proud of you. I'm excited thanks, for this next thanks. one because Myros didn't even know he was going to be on tonight, so I'm going to ask him next. I should I should have just led with him. Uh, Myros, what was your favorite <laughs> 2017
0: discovery? Yeah, I put a lot of thought into this. Um, uh, uh, there were good things in 2017. I, I didn't see many of them. Uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> Was is it life on the farm? Was that discovered? Did you find yourself, Myros?
0: Is that what you found yeah. in twenty seventeen? What what I I found is uh, a new love for politics. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. I'm I'm glad that you've been uh, you know just
1: invigorated by this fabulous year.
0: I I have. I mean, there's nothing like it. Uh, who knew that uh, a administration could be so effective <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh
2: i like the phrase i i've learned to love politics like i'm trying to think of any administration where that would be like an acceptable thing to i'm just saying. learning
3: to love again
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh i feel the same way god i just want to i just want to give old uncle trump a big hug i want to just blow raspberries on baron's tummy and you know just hang out with all the Trumpers. I'm personally apolitical, so I, I'm not sure who these people are. But. Oh my god! Who was it? let's go? Let's let's go ahead and drag a freelance critic through the mud. Who was that that said that? I want to kill that person. We don't we don't sure. even know this person's name.
2: I don't want to do that.
1: I'm sure they don't listen to this, oh, but maybe I, they do. Yeah. yeah so, what are the chances? Every some
2: some idiot
1: some idiot freelance film <laughs> <home> critic. <cray. laughs> they're
2: one of the they're one of the only uh, people uh, in the film crit uh, cognoscenti who who don't listen to, to optimism vaccine. Yeah, uh,
1: one of the few but, ones. But yeah, but yeah, this dude. He was. What did yep. he say? He said that he was. He thought it was interesting that so many critics liked to get out because, you know, was it because uh, it was just a particularly weak year and that's the only reason anyone liked it? Or was it because it was politically motivated? I believe those are his exact <laughs> words or, on or, Twitter. Or, in that or,
2: or um, uh, the slim chance that it's actually that good.
1: Yeah. It's kind also, of a fun um, movie in, there.
2: I think Exhibit A, Exhibit A was uh, for this person was uh, Moonlight, which is just so, it's so ridiculous. Which is good
1: too because it kind of doubles down on on his like thinly veiled racism there. That's that's pretty good too. <laughs> right.
0: Well, I. What's I with guess black people you, you in the also, issues? <laughs> yeah. You you could also suggest that yes, it has been a particularly weak year. Uh, Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so sure, yeah. sure. I suppose that factors in because this year fucking I, I, sucks, and yeah. and Get Out does I think, not.
2: Um, I think this year. I think this year was stronger than last year. Like I don't remember a whole lot offhand of what was last year, but Get Out is, is probably my favorite movie this year, and I think Moonlight is much better than it. Yeah,
1: I think I, no, and sure. I absolutely love Get Out. But the other thing that, that was driving me nuts with this fucking asshole on Twitter yeah. is. The fact that he's just like, hmm, I guess all the critics just liked it because there was nothing else to like this year. Motherfucker, it came out in February. We didn't know how shitty this year (laughs) was. We had no idea. How is that even possible? Yeah. Uh, I mean,
2: Fast and Furious 8 is is a diverse movie. Nobody's talking about that.
1: Or Triple X, The Return of Xander Cage. Yeah, The Return of Xander Cage. I don't know. It's made a few top tens. I've seen it. (laughs) A <laughs> few top tens did, of people right? that I'd yeah. like to fucking gut like fish and mount on my wall.
3: Yeah, a couple of people over at Birth Movies Death.
1: Mm, yeah,
2: they
1: They're there up there. Yeah. I mean, our I mean, favorite, our yeah. favorite yeah.
0: over at BMD.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I remember tri- uh, Triple X a lot, a lot more than, than some movies that I watched in June and July
0: and September. You know, Birth Movies Death's quality has <laughs> just gone down the tubes post-Farache. <laughs>
1: oh Oh, god God. actually you know i mean there, there is there is something 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 to that sorry i can't talk right now uh just because so farachi was a shithead and he was such a loud bombastic shithead that you sort of forgot that there was a lot of other shitty writers over there and then farachi goes away and the people who stuck around you know uh instead of the the cream floating to the top, the turds are floating to the top and now we get to look at how stupid everyone else is there
2: yeah it, what what I've noticed is like and i i, I mean I still <clears throat> well I have this year read some good stuff there, um but it's usually through freelancers, but um perchance, but um I've noticed that like uh the people that that I used to read off there or that I used to follow um I just got sick of like um like takes that were defined like taste that was that was defined by other people like it, it was like critics who were talking about how awesome something was not just because they liked it but it was defined by the opposite reaction of other people as a way to like bolster their opinion it Is sort of like this bad boy or bad woman like like crit stuff and it's just it's so reminiscent of Farachi that it's like oh yeah this this wasn't just like an isolated thing I'm not saying like obviously Farachi was like terrible but like uh, in in a lot of ways but he even besides like the terrible stuff that he did in his personal life in his professional life um, and through his writing and he was also uh, terrible at a lot of things, and it, it, this this sort of you know like his famous piece on fandom gone awry or whatever, uh, that that has been passed down through some of the the longest writers there for sure, and I see it there, and it's just so obnoxious. It's like just talk, just talk about. I don't know. I, I just I I've had to like excise the, these views from my life, which isn't a big burden. I just hit unfollow, but <laughs> but you know I just get tired of like. Um, opinions about like how you're wrong like I I see this like shit all the time uh, or used to just like these people are misreading what I love and it's like just let other people read it a different way without having to define your view through their dislike I don't know
3: it's also it's also really telling just looking at these birth movies death lists that like you think these people are paid to essentially write and run a write and run a website for a living, but like all of their top ten lists are just the same boring, like homogenous popular choices that were more known for like how well they did at the box office, rather than like you know, sharing anything that they thought was unique or creative. It's all just the same bland bullshit on each list.
1: Hey guys, there's, remember there's when a... Logan was good? That's basically yeah. every list. And,
3: and... Fucking Logan <laughs>
2: yeah which and is I mean and like, I mean like that that populist stuff is fine, but like stop talking about how people who don't like it uh are like don't understand it like <laughs> oh, that's yeah. not that's not that's not strengthening criticism Sean, no,
0: how, uh, what percentage of the great pieces you read over there this year were in uh grunting Hulk language. <laughs>
2: Uh, I believe we gave that up, uh, but uh, oh, that's
0: a shame. Um, One of the great luminaries yes, of my, my time. Fa- <laughs> my,
2: my favorite pieces were "How to Talk to Your Family on Thanksgiving in a Post-Post-Trump by Crit Hulk." Site.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god!
1: It's so perfect. It's so perfect. I, I mean, especially because it's just like, damn, you know, I don't, I don't know how I'm going to deal with my racist Republican family members and. Thank God that the the guy who types in all caps was there to to sit me down and and help me through it. So feel really good about that one. <laughs> oh Lord. Um. So yeah, I oh, guess. We got, uh, I, I, I mean, we we will we'll dunk on birth birth movie death later. I suppose uh, we we can get into it more with them. Uh, Jake, did you have a, a favorite discovery in twenty seventeen?
3: I sure did, Steve. Um, and while Adam did touch upon that twenty seventeen was an aggressively shitty year, um I and I watched a lot of great movies that I'd never seen before. Um, like taking a Pellem 123, the original, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia, Lone Wolf and Cup, Autumn Sonata, just to, just to rattle off a few. But I think the greatest discovery I made this year was also one that was born out of a tragedy, because back in April Jonathan Demme passed away, and this gave me the opportunity to finally sit down and watch uh, Stop Making Sense and to discover to a greater extent the music of Talking Heads because I'd been familiar with some of their hit songs. But um, seeing this concert film for the first time, it was really just sort of like a shining moment in a shitty year. Uh, I think it's the greatest concert film ever made, and I'm sure many would agree with me, but... um, like not a day goes by where i i like I'm not thinking about like a particular moment uh from like a song or just a performance on the stage, and it's a very the music is very unusual, but it's also very idiosyncratic, and like the lyrics are just so strange and nuanced and and kind of wonderful and David Byrne he has this really uh impressive stage energy and just to just like watch him running around and do his thing in a giant suit. Uh, I I think you know, I want to like go through all of their records this year and just scope out their music. But yeah, stop making sense. I think is definitely the highlight of what I discovered in twenty seventeen.
1: Dude, you got to come back to Milwaukee uh, at the Milwaukee yeah, Film Festival. Well, uh, well, yeah. One, you just need to come back to Milwaukee. Two, sure. uh, if you come off for the Milwaukee Film Festival in the fall, they always close the festival with Stop Making Sense. And then it just turns the entire theater into like a, a giant dance party, and it's awesome—just a bunch of drunk nice. people dancing around.
2: It sounds like um, that's what happened for Jack because Jack went to see it in Chicago, yeah, um, for the first time too, <clears throat> and, and he said that that that's what happened.
3: I just get so like transfixed of that, just like the GIF of David Byrne singing "Life During Wartime," where he's like wiggling his arms in his body. It's just so so mesmerizing and so so wonderful. God bless that man.
1: Yeah. Uh, man, that, these are all good answers. Jeez, yeah. you guys are making me feel like a real asshole. Uh, Eric, I hope you have a really terrible answer. Wait, did Myros, Wait, did have, Myros a have a real answer? A real yeah, he's, answer? He's, he's, all, he's making America great again over there. You know that. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. His greatest discovery was Myros. his red hat. That's true. <laughs>
2: Myros, did you watch anything from non-2017 that you liked?
0: Uh, yeah, I did see Autumn Sonata as well. That'd probably be, that'd oh, probably be the yeah. best thing I saw this year. Uh, that, that movie was uh, excellent. I thought you were going to say footage in from the inauguration. <laughs>
2: that's quite. <laughs> that's quite the discovery. That's true. Although I, I think
0: probably talk to her is up there for me as well.
1: Uh, I mean, that's that's a better legitimate answer, but I, I like your first nah. answer too, Myros.
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with that
1: one. Yeah, good choice. Excellent choice, uh, Eric Bailey. What do you got, man? Best thing you discovered in
4: 2017? Uh, my I guess my favorite. Non-2017 Discovery would be uh, after I first moved out to New York for grad school. Um, it took me a while to finally get settled and get out to the movie theater. But um, when I finally did, I went – the first stop I made was to film for him. And it was for this, like, great 4K restoration of A Matter of Life and Death, the Powell and Pressburger movie, which wow. I'd never seen before. Nice. and um, it was um it was a great movie. Anyway, but it was made all the better because Thelma uh, Schoonmacher, Michael Powell's widow, and Martin Scorsese's editor did like this lovely introduction for the film. It was like the, this brand new four K uh, transfer of the film that like I think we were like the first audience in the world to see it and it would so that was great. But I, I was just so immediately struck by the film. Like right away, the film the film like in less than like five minutes, this film gets you like deeply invested in this romance between two people who just met with one. And it's like, and, and that carries the rest of the film. I was just sort of like in awe of that, that like in, in like in no time, they had you like deeply invested in a relationship and in like the plot line of this movie. It like, I, I, I was just, I was awestruck by it. And on top of that, it's like, it's just this visual feast as pretty much every Paul and Pressburger movie is. So Yeah.
1: Who invited the coastal elite? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna piggyback that's on that cool. and say uh, my favorite was uh, an inconvenient truth too. More inconvenient truths. <laughs> no, that's actually that's that was awesome, Eric. Like, oh, was that wasn't 2017? Shit, I thought it was. I think so.
3: God damn! I bumped so. into Al Gore on the way to the restroom this year. Really? Yeah, I was in the movie theater watching Landline, and it was the same weekend that that inconvenient sequel came out on my way to the restroom. I guess he was there doing a QA, and I bumped into him on the way out of the bathroom.
0: That's totally who invited, weird. Who invited the coastal elite? elite? <laughs> Does he, did, did he Did he? a swirly?
3: I also, no, I also, that would have been a waste of water, Adam. How dare you? Oh, um, that's true. I also met uh, Takashi Maike, which is pretty fucking cool. Oh, yeah? Nice. nice. Yeah. Who,
1: was t- who was taller, Al Gore or uh, Miike?
3: Well, considering Mike came up to my nipples and Al Gore looked like he could dunk me in a game of basketball, I'm gonna go with Al Gore. What, is is Mike like five foot two? He's well, he's not a very tall man. I just have a picture of him somewhere. Did
1: you pick him up like a baby?
3: Yeah, I carried him. <laughs> I'm okay. holding him. Okay. In the That's good.
1: That's what I wanted to know. Um, yeah. Jesus, Eric had a good answer too. I don't really have a great answer for this, uh, mostly because I didn't think about these questions very much before we decided to ask them. Um, but did I, have, I did. You have any like trash cinema that you found? I feel like you I've, did. I found some I found some wonderful trash in in uh, 2017. Uh, I found Beyond the Seventh Door, which was incredibly stupid. Uh, if you ever want to see what a proto Tommy Wiseau looks like. Uh, it, it's got it. It's got it. a very proto Tommy Wiseau character, uh, just a man with a mullet who is incredible. Uh, in addition to that, uh, I saw Suffer, Little Children, which is a movie that oh, yeah. was oh, was yeah. made with in like an abandoned house with a bunch of like kids at an art school, and it was like, made illegally, and then it was banned in Britain because these kids do weird shit, and it was... And then somehow that ended up on DVD. So those are both wonderful discoveries that I had. Uh, in addition to that, things that aren't complete garbage that I love, um, I finally sat down and, and watched some uh, some Brisson films, and that was oh, fantastic. Yeah. So uh, I saw um, A Man Escaped, and I saw Pickpockets, and... Uh, Le Argent. And uh, yeah, they're all great. They're just amazing. Uh and I and I really appreciate the way that I, I don't know, especially compared to his contemporaries. Like there's there's not a wasted moment in his films. Like everything is just like eighty minutes and every single little moment, big or small, feels absolutely essential. And that's like something very rare in, in movies that I watch. And to see something like that is just I don't know, it was really cool.
2: Yeah, pickpocket's like seventy-five times or yeah, something, or ridiculous. something yeah. ridiculous. Um <clears throat> but uh not that stuff, but uh previously that reminds me uh uh one of my discoveries this year. Thanks for showing me
1: phobe. Oh yeah, phobe the xenophobic experiment. Which follow up question. Eric Bailey, you're in film school. Yes. When when do you watch phobe in film school? I don't know if you're familiar with it.
4: Oh, that was, that was day one. <laughs> that, that was day was, one, um, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they were just like, our, our directing professor was just like, screw Citizen Kane. Yeah. Like, this is the movie that you need to see in order to be great. Well, Eric, filmmaker. Eric,
1: you know what they say about, about phobe, the xenophobic experiments? Um, they, yeah. they say it's the Citizen Kane of
0: movies. Uh. <laughs> it's perhaps uh, Canada's most significant contribution to film.
1: Yeah, I can't think oh. of anything else they've done, really. <laughs> I mean, probably just to culture in general. I mean, True. what True. else True. they got? Poutine, phobe. Yeah, they think, I mean, they put vinegar on their french fries <laughs> and they made phobe. Like, that's it. That's nothing else. <laughs> so, uh, aside from kind of like older stuff or, or different things that we experienced, um I was hoping we could try and figure out if, if we had at least among the Optimism vaccine people that are here today, if we had like a consensus favorite uh, for 2017 Uh, um, in terms of like actual 2017 films.
2: Yeah. I I have, um, we've kind of talked about this a little bit here and there, uh, but, and I I have like six films that I think qualify like six, six films. If we had to whittle it down that um, each share at least some, portion between multiple opfackers that all uh we we either like to love so uh, so the six that i came up with were get out good time ladybird personal shopper dawson city frozen time and the square um i think a blanket blanket statement that it um we recommend uh all of those but um, it seemed like get out was the top, but we kind of already had like an entire podcast about that um no stone stones to unturn, <laughs> but, um what what uh what else, what do you guys think
0: well, I think one of the other things we were trying to keep in mind with this exercise is that uh Several of these are films we're going to discuss in in another month or so here for the Oscar podcast. So,
2: yeah, Dawson City, Frozen Time, going straight to (laughs) oh yeah, uh,
1: A number one, A number one. I actually I haven't seen that yet, which is ridiculous because from everything I've heard, everything I've read, even just watching the trailer and knowing the filmmaker's previous work, it's probably going to be like my favorite thing ever, and I I still haven't gotten around to watching it.
3: Yeah, I I haven't seen it. Yeah, and it's got a score to die for. It's uh the guy that
1: did Decacia, right?
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which
1: is that that is amazing. So,
3: yeah. I've never seen Decacia, but I think both are now on Filmstruck. So, if we should get on there and watch it.
2: I've never seen anything like Dawson City Frozen Time. Like, it's, it's, um, I mean, I've seen other Bill Morrison movies. So, I mean, but outside of that, um, I've never seen it. it. It's like, it's like reading like a really good academic article. But you get to see, see images and listen to something awesome, like it, it's 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 emotional, um, and it ha- and it's so well researched and just has this good story. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really hard to explain. I, I wouldn't go into it like with any preconceived notions, except for like if you've seen Bill Morris and stuff. But yeah,
0: are, are there? Yeah, any- I got to get on that myself. I, I I couldn't weigh in on it yet, but I assume. Get Out and Lady Bird. And I suppose we did not have Florida Project on that list, but those are all probably going to be uh, Mm, discussed discussed in February February. here.
2: Yeah. 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 The Square might be uh,
0: nominated for. I think it it will be nominated for Best Foreign Picture. I I think think it was on the short
3: list. list,
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: And if more people. Dawson City might even. Dawson City might get documentary. I think if more people here at Optimism Vaccine watch the Florida Project, they'd love it.
2: I'm not sure Sorry, I, personal shop personal shopper <laughs> won't be discussed
1: um
2: what we all,
1: did you see that cuff did I see personal shopper yeah well and I was gonna say like so from this list I, I kind of want to know if there was anything on this list that anybody would be like eh. and for me and I Jake I know this is heresy uh I liked personal shopper a lot uh just kind of like a, a mood piece and it was super compelling. Uh, and there's something just about Kristen Stewart like buying clothes that is just I could watch that all day for some reason. Yeah, um, uh-huh. But at the same time, parts of it felt a, a little messy, and I didn't I didn't connect with it completely. So I enjoyed it, but sure. I don't know if I if I'd consider it one of my absolute favorites of the year. And is it, are there any other there. movies? Like I know uh, I know Eric, Eric Bailey Eric. is the uh, he's the Florida Project hater. Shout out to Eric Bailey. <laughs>
4: I wouldn't say I. Hated he also hates
1: it. the square.
4: I would. I wouldn't say I hated either John of those Mick films. Chandler, I've just you hate them, Eric. I hate I, Why I do you hate a <laughs> Personal shopper, Eric. What's that? <laughs> I said, why do you hate American Personal Eric? shopper. I haven't seen Personal Shopper yet. No, I um, I meant to watch that today, but I just got into a I'm accomplishing nothing today kind of mood. So,
0: <laughs> for sure. Sounds like, like every it. day in my it, house, but uh, and Myros was kind of like uh, liked get good time, but didn't love. Correct? Yeah, I, I'd say I'm kind of in that in that frame on on good time. Uh, it reminded me of a lot of films that I liked more than it. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it evoked uh, early Nicholas Winding Refn films quite a bit uh the the pusher series really came to mind while i was watching it and i don't know it it never really hit me emotionally and it was it was a fun well-made film i i wouldn't have any great gripes with it but was it among one of my favorites of the year no i I would probably put it somewhere near john wick 2 something of that nature something i definitely enjoyed watching but Wouldn't attribute much significance to.
1: Now, here's a a big follow up question for you, Myros. Despite your reservations, would you say that Good Time is the best movie of 2017 where there's a scene where all the characters go to White Castle together? (laughs) Because I don't, Uh, I I mean, yeah, think of all the great White Castle. Nick and Benny go to to White Castle? Nick and Benny
0: go to White Castle. (laughs) There was just, there was no Harold and Kumar this year. No. It's a shame. Uh,. Yeah, I, I, I guess it would. It's gonna win that category for me. That's good.
2: I was, I was really hoping. Uh, speaking of restaurants in that movie, uh, chain restaurants specifically. Um, I, I I really liked uh, the homage to uh, Blue Streak. Did you guys catch?
1: This? No, no. <laughs> I, I guess my brother would have caught that. That's like his favorite movie of all time. Which I mean, that's I really, everything really you need hoping, to know about uh, my brother. <clears throat>
2: uh um i Enlightenment. i kid i kid but um in blue streak uh martin lawrence and uh his his cohort are robbing uh some diamonds and they are about to get caught um so they put the diamonds in a bag above a drop down ceiling in like this department store or whatever it is <clears throat> and then Uh, He goes to to prison for a little bit and then he comes out and he goes first thing to go get them like uh, uh, our Pats does in the dominoes in good time. Uh, But it's a police station. And then in Blue Streak, he has to uh, he, he has to con his way into being a policeman in order to get the diamonds.
4: That's interesting.
1: Well, I mean, that's it didn't, the, it didn't it?
2: Didn't follow through on that homage. But. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was really yeah, hilarious. Robert Pattinson didn't have to get a job at the Dominoes so that he can <laughs> infiltrate the bathroom.
4: <laughs> he did pose as a, as a security guard later in the film, which is kind of a police officer, I guess. Oh, yeah, there you Close go.
1: enough, yeah, see? It's I mean, like really, After Hours on acid,
4: Steve? is uh, how I would describe
0: it. <laughs> yeah, With it was reminiscent of, of After Hours as well, which is it's just, again, another movie I like a lot more than this one but (laughs) even uh, so we're
2: talking oh go ahead lady bird it it sounds like lady bird is kind of like the obvious choice because it's the most loved you know it's the most like uh equanimous film to come out this year but uh i don't know anybody i I guess it's
4: It's so like i haven't seen this in a while like i i don't know anybody who doesn't like lady bird
1: (laughs) Well, well and that's maybe, that's well, nice. maybe yeah. Steve Cuff's racist dad hasn't seen it. No, I mean well there's no black people in Ladybird. <laughs> He'd be fine with it. <laughs> what a relief. I know. Uh, he would probably love Good Time. <laughs> yeah, geez. Uh no, I, I think the thing is with Ladybird is and again, don't get me wrong, I love Ladybird. I think it's wonderful. Um and I and I also don't think like it's like you said, it's super likable and there's nothing to really gripe on. Uh, but at the same time, I didn't Maybe I didn't quite connect with it as much as I wanted to,
0: I uh, but that's agree, kind of like yeah. a
1: minor quibble. Um, but at the same time, like there's there was a bunch of like really there was like moms and daughters like crying together in the theater, which is some heartwarming
0: shit. So right. yeah, you know. I think we got to be cognizant of the fact that none of us are really its audience, but I could still certainly appreciate it for what it was, and it oh, was yeah. a very excellent film.
4: I mean, I wasn't agree. Yeah, was with yeah. That. yeah. Mm. I mean, I wasn't even like uh like part of in like the group that it was like representing but i still felt like i i knew the characters so well like you know i've I've heard a lot of people say that it's like it's a great sort of portrait of like the way that mothers and daughters sort of fight and like i and i totally connected with that like i was just like i feel like i've i'm reliving my high school years a little bit like sort of Mm -hmm. watching these arguments in a way (laughs) yeah yeah
2: I, I'm sure I'm sure we'll get into some of the performances in the the Oscar pod. But um, uh, one of the things that that really struck me, uh, I keep thinking about, I went to see this twice um, and uh, I was really struck by um, the lower middle class uh, stuff, like how it's not played for pity at all. Like I'm wow. so used to this kind of like speaks like it's a microcosm of, of why the movie works is like um nothing is played for pity in the movie uh like for instance you know she's ashamed of where she lives even though her house is perfectly fine it's just not like as nice as a lot of other people in school and um you know this this friend of hers finds out and and it's not about like feeling bad for her it's it's more of just like a depiction of like this internalized shame that we have um or that people in lower middle class homes had in in school where you're you're not you, you're not sure you just know that everyone else is proud to be in you know a different class system than you are i guess um so I, i don't know a lot of stuff uh like that uh i mean even that best friend that finds out uh or friend or whatever like she was like the popular girl but she wasn't like the bitchy popular girl you know it was there weren't like a lot of stereotypes um there was a a good review of it where they talked about How Gerwig sort of like wrote through cliches, not around them, and I think that that perfectly articulates my feelings about it. Yeah, it's also
3: very uh, Lady Bird. I think is a very for a debut. It's a very well made film. Um, Like I think it would get my pick for the best editing in a motion picture, just because of the oh yeah, it just snaps along so nice and cleanly. But. Uh, Gerwig is really really kind of captures Gerwig's energy as a performer um, as a director if that makes any sense
2: almost yeah. Dunkirkian in, in yeah. it's editing oh, yeah. <laughs> shut the fuck up well,
4: <laughs> I call for, it Gerwigian having, <laughs> almost got through a pod without uh, Dunkirk uh,
1: we yeah. can't get through a Have, single podcast without somebody mentioning fucking Dunkirk
0: <laughs> well it's it's just always on my mind uh, having lived in, in Central California I one of the aspects that I really loved about it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's not a flashy film, but it, it managed to lend a city as honestly awful as Sacramento a, a, a sort of uh, wistful, nostalgic beauty.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I love that about it because well, people always think, and even before me and Myros moved to California and we ended up in fucking Bakersfield, Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, nobody tells you that all of California isn't Los Angeles or San Francisco. Like, you just assume that. It's just palm trees and, and you know, everything's amazing. And what you don't know is there's these, like, shitholes all over the place. And also, the state is gigantic. And so much of it is just desolate nothing and bullshit. And Lady Bird really captures that. And there's so much just wonderful attention to detail Uh, And and the thing that stuck out to me the most, and this it's so stupid, but it works so well. That guy in the band that she sleeps with, he's got a he's got a Cannibal Ox poster on his on his wall, and it's like, oh yeah, if this was the mid two thousands, this guy would definitely have that poster on his fucking wall. Of course he would. Like (laughs) it's just it's so perfect for the character.
2: Do you think that there's an intertextuality between
1: him and uh, the protagonist in Bye Bye Man? I mean, it definitely could be. The guy in Bye Bye Man was always wearing, was he wearing like Joy Division shirts or Cure shirts or what yeah. was it? All of it. Uh, All of it
0: uh, I, I distinctly recall the Joy Division shirt, but I oh, think yeah. he had a rotating uh, wardrobe of, of hip <laughs> with it bands. Yeah, he's pretty with it.
1: But, you know, but but like in a goth way too, because Bye Bye Man's a little bit on the goth side of things, let's be honest more
0: uh, more steampunk
1: really yeah really that's
2: before we uh move categories one of the things i i guess like so we talk about like our favorites for like uh you know the last couple months of the year trying to like figure out our top 10 if that if you're into that whatever um and favorites i guess like can be sort of like ambiguous criteria um but so i was, I was thinking of like a different criteria that sort of brings out things that maybe I appreciate more without having to say, like these are my favorites. But, uh, I was trying to think of the movies that, um, I talked about the most, like the movies that I wanted to talk about the most and like tirelessly talked about, um, more than any others. And, uh, like get out for sure. Like we talked about it on a pod, like entirely about that. And I feel like we, like I, I still had things I, I had thought about. Like I, I talked about that for weeks. Um, Lady Bird out is the same way with, um, and I feel like there's another one out there, the square probably. But uh, do you guys have any of those that like you found yourself throughout the year? Just like you couldn't stop talking about.
3: Yeah. Uh, I feel like I couldn't shut up about personal shopper uh, ever since I saw it. I think back in March is when it came out here in LA. And I just sort of mm-hmm. encouraging more and more people to go see it and, and uh, and I, I and even if you don't love it, which is I think totally fine. I can understand how, like it, it, it's it's a little messy in places, but I think it's just a, a terrifically atmospheric and and strange film. But also really really just compelling. How w- we spend like a good portion of the middle act just watching Kristen Stewart engage in these text messages, which with may, who somebody who may or may not be a ghost. Um, this is something I was Lewis? fascinated. Yeah, exactly, Louis.
1: No, I think personal shopper is a a really great point too. Because even though I I wasn't in love with it, I kept thinking about it. I kept talking about it. Uh, Get out definitely was in that category. Except I love that movie. Um, a big one for me though um, was oh shit, what? what? <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Go go ahead and sacred sacred deer. The sacred, deer. The sacred deer. No sacred deer. Jesus. Yeah, that's that's one that I'm. I, I've tried to talk to so many people about it, but at the same time killing of a sacred deer is like oh my god this is amazing you have to see it but also i can't describe it properly and <laughs> and maybe you shouldn't see this i don't know like
0: I, I don't i don't know how to like address that with people really it's like yeah go see this you'll probably fucking hate it yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah i i don't know if i it, you guys shouldn't drag me out of this pod i'd i'd break my only rule if i were saying this honestly <laughs> the film I, I can't positively. stop talking about is uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> oh, but, my God. Uh- I don't have anything good to say about it, and we'll surely talk about it a lot during the Oscar omnibus. Uh,
1: You mean mean our our other podcast, our spinoff of the Oscar omnibus, three hours, three
0: billboards?
1: (laughs) (laughs) A three-part podcast One hour per per billboard. Um, So
0: I think I would like kind of adjust this uh, to more of a film that has stuck with me and has has kind of risen in my esteem throughout the year, which was uh, Sofia Coppola's The Beguiled, which... I liked when I saw it. Uh, I didn't love it, but uh, as as the year's worn on, not so much due to its complex themings, but uh, maybe in relation to other things I've seen this year, it's just uh, sort of crept up on me. I think it's got some mm-hmm. of the best acting of the year and uh, is just a, a really tight, uh, entertaining film and... It, it's it's good stuff. I would I would yeah. recommend it.
1: I I was thinking yeah. too another one that that really stuck out to me, and I got lucky because I got to see this in the theater, which was a, a fun way to see a movie like this. Uh, I caught Raw, which was Ooh. super interesting because not only did I see it in the in the theater, but I saw it at the the time Cinema in Milwaukee, which I'm upset because I just renovated it, but at the time it wasn't renovated, so it was like everything that you associate with like a grindhouse theater, essentially. Like there's one. Theater there, there's not multiple theaters. It's just one. Sticky floors, busted ass seats. It's just, it's just shit. There's a kitchen table just in there. Like there's somebody just <laughs> left their fucking kitchen table in the middle of the time cinema. So it's, it's one of those places. Cheap beer too, which is nice. But you know, I'm, I'm in there, and it was like there was like four people in the whole theater, and I've seen so many horror movies over the years, and. and there's there's still a scene in raw there's a there's a botched bikini wax that out of any scene that i've 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 experienced in 2017 that one sticks with me more than anything like i i was like this is the only time i've ever like audibly gasped in in a theater and just like almost covered my eyes because it was so upsetting but that's that's something that sticks with you
4: if anything this is like been like speaking of like good theatrical experiences like this has been a year That's kind of reminded me like why it's worth going to the movies like watching watching a movie at home is great. But like, you know, we were talking about the beginning of this year, like going to see Get Out in a theater with like a packed crowd on like a Friday night was Mm -hmm. like one of the best Mm -hmm. theater going experiences that I've had this year. Like everybody like just everybody jumping and laughing and screaming at everything like Yeah, that was a a wonderful experience. Like that was,
0: yeah. I loved my get out experience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you you guys have had positive theater experiences this year. This has been like the year to convince me never to return to a movie theater. Every time I I mean, like every other time I go, I want to tear my hair out. Not not because of the theater experience, but. Some we went to see Sacred Deer and The Square,
2: and uh, I had a ball laughing, at, like, just laughing in public, I guess, even if no one else was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Square, there's a scene that had me in tears laughing, and that was... was it the condom scene? That was, it, 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 it's it's one thing, video. It's, it's where, yeah, there's a, it involves someone getting a call from YouTube in a shopping mall. Um, <laughs> I was going to say the condom scene. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, that's good. Um but uh, the, uh what? Uh, yeah, those two. Uh, I, I guess it's just one thing to like see something funny. This this happened with um a couple other movies too when I rewatched them at home. Uh, trip to Spain and Girls Trip. Um, they they lessen in my mind. Like in public, it was just so fun watching them and and like just like laughing really hard. Um, and then laughing still at home but less so. Um,
0: I'm with you, Eric. Yeah. Uh, there were just but- literally like four trips to the theater I made this year where. I suppose the merit of the theater is that I could not have finished any of the movies if I were watching them at home.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Plus, plus,
1: I mean, it's always nice to go see um, Dunkirk in 70 millimeter IMAX. Oh, God. I actually, I I did that. I went to a a 10 a.m. showing, too. No, it wasn't even 10 a.m. It was like 9 a.m. It was super fucking early but it was the last 70 millimeter showing what? and it was just full of all these fucking grandpas. It was just me and the grandpa <laughs> squad. And They're all hooting and hollering and loving the shit
3: out of war. And I was just like, Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh
1: Jesus Dunkirk.
3: Oh. If I could add two more, uh, these, these two films I have sort of fluctuating in and out of my top 10. Uh, one of them is brawl and cell block 99 with Vince Vaughn. The other is Takashi Mike's hundredth film blade of the immortal. And I saw those both on the opening Friday. Uh, here in L.A., and they each had a a sold-out audience that really just sort of relished the violence in both of these movies. Um, They're both not really easy films to watch by any stretch, but uh, there was just something kind of wonderful and cathartic about watching people get slaughtered in different ways in both films with a packed house that was just eating up all of it. And uh, (laughs) I would say as far as memorable theater experiences go, those those are my two highlights.
1: Man, I want to go on Date Night with Jake.
3: Yeah. <laughs> come to L.A., man.
1: That's that's what we're going to do. I'm going to come yeah. out to L.A. We're just going to watch violent shit for, like, three days straight.
3: You got it. Yeah.
1: I like that. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess, and, and this sort of piggybacks on, on what we've been talking about, but um, in terms of movies that you saw this year, was there anything that stuck out as, like, either a, a, your biggest surprise or just, like, a colossal letdown for you?
4: I mean, for me... I, I have like one big letdown I like maybe it's the sort of inner child of me but like I'm still one of those people who likes or maybe like wants to like Star Wars still mm-hmm. and I I was I was actually really looking forward to the last Jedi earlier this year um, it was getting a lot of really, great reviews from critics who i normally like and respect quite a bit and ryan johnson is a filmmaker who i i've enjoyed his past work i love brick i love the episodes of breaking bad that he directed but i walked out of the theater for the new star wars film kind of let down like it wasn't bad by any means it was better than the force awakens even but it was still not quite what i was hoping for it still felt just kind of like more of the same so I guess that was probably the big or like maybe mo- the most recent one that I'm still sort of sore about that's why I'm bringing it up but <laughs> um that's yeah fair. yeah uh, and I guess for biggest surprise I would say um I reviewed a documentary for the Capital City City Film Festival or that played at the Capital City Film Festival um for the Lansing City Pulse early early this year and um it was this documentary called Contemporary Color which was um this Um, it's about this concert that um, speaking of David Byrne, Jake mentioned him about Stop Hanging Sense earlier on. It was this concert that David Byrne put on um, featuring a bunch of like popular music artists like um, him and St. Vincent and um, Tune Yards and a bunch of other like contemporary musicians. And they sort of put on this concert with like a bunch of these like high school color guards color guard teams where it's like that, you know, they twirl twirl batons and like do these like sort of choreographed routines um, set to these artists music. And like the the artists and the color guard teams would um, perform live together. And it was like, it was great because it's like the music was great, but there's also like some really amazing editing and cinematography in that film to sort of make it like this sort of like wonderful celebration of like Um. Like youth and music and sort of like these young and and it's never like explicitly stated, but it's kind of heavily implied that like it's kind of this wonderful little space and outlet for like young LGBTQ kids in high school and sort of like it's it's just this wonderful like celebration of like all of these different things. And it was um it wasn't like amongst one of my favorites of the year, but it was one that I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. It's there just I wasn't expecting much of anything from this movie and i was kind of taken aback by it
1: yeah um no those are those are all awesome choices jesus eric Eric, you actually thought about these questions unlike unlike some of us i'm (laughs) proud of you and by some of us i mean definitely just me and probably myros because we dragged him out of the last second uh speaking of which myros uh i feel like your life was full of disappointment this
0: year (laughs) uh well life's going all right but Film, not so much. Um, Sean's going to have the answer for biggest disappointment, so I, I'm going <laughs> to let him go with that. But I uh, I would say for me personally, outside of of that film, which was just a colossal flop and mess, I, I would probably say uh, Guillermo del Toro's Shape of Water, which mm. seemed like a film directly uh, in my wheelhouse, just the absolute sort of thing that I tend to movies about uh, really fucking a fish law. boy?
1: You like fish boy fuck movies?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Love Splash.
0: Well, you know, it had a lot of old Hollywood uh, riffs and I, you know, I'm a big fan of La La Land last year and I really like the artists and I tend to go in for that sort of thing and it had a lot of elements of outsider cinema and um as well as that sort of Frankenstein riff and all all of those films tend to succeed on a level for me. Uh, I just really tend to enjoy what people play with those elements, and I really love Pan's Labyrinth. I know a lot of people aren't really with me on that, but I do. And uh, I expected this to be, with with its reviews and its buzz, I expected it to be easily in my top ten for the year, and I, I really didn't think it was good at all. I thought it was... Uh, very rudimentary storytelling and very flawed film, and uh, I did not enjoy viewing it, and would not recommend it to anyone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's I, the Rotten Tomatoes yeah. poll quote right there.
2: <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to recommend to anyone because. Uh, I was gonna say I would recommend it to a child, but there's a lot of R-rated stuff. It's clearly made emotionally for a child, mm. but but then there's like gore and f bombs, like stuff that uh, wouldn't be palatable for children. Well, maybe like a sick.
0: maybe that- like a horny thirteen-year-old because it's still got a lot of childish elements as well as uh, <laughs> some uh, some sweet sweet nudity for you, <laughs> you not horny not. horny preteens out there. I want I want to hear about that fish phallus though. There's no fish phallus. Yeah. There's no, there's uh, no, no, just no, like toro. scaly oh, can member. I, can no. I talk about this? That would be better if there were. Instead, I, he just kind of leers a, at the sexy women.
2: I have a huge, uh, not huge, but I do have a problem with this, this, uh, 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 gildick. Um, gildic. so, gildic? Uh, uh,
1: has, has everyone seen it or cuff? Have you not? No, yeah. I don't give a shit though. And I, if there's no fish phallus, <laughs> I'm not interested.
2: Eric, have you seen it? Yeah okay um so like uh the fish is like this ripped dude uh but like you don't necessarily know it's a dude like he his body uh uh, its body like resembles uh some elements of a dude um or some yeah it's androgynous uh, it's androgynous um And then, uh, which is great. And it's, there, there are, uh, from what I gather from different reviews there, you know, he, uh, the Gilman, um, represents this, this idea of otherness and, uh, this connection between an, an outsider and this, this force of, of equal otherness, uh, in a way, um, and it's so weird because they could just let like it doesn't show any, you know, pulsing or it doesn't show the Gilman like plowing into Sally Hawkins or anything like that. Like you don't need to like talk about the anatomy and it could just it it could just work on their own. Like it would be it would be more romantic if Gilman and Hawkins found a way to have sex, even if he didn't have a penis. Right. Uh, and it would like that would be interesting. That. Yeah. She's just like uh, stuff uh, me
1: with your barnacles.
2: Something I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, or, but then they could have that know, like difference.
0: great conversation about the Gilman's dick with the uh, what's his name?
2: It is, okay, so Viola this Davis. is my, my this is my problem. No, no, Octavia
0: Spencer.
3: Oh shit! Uh, I did a racist.
2: <laughs> I called Reveal yeah, the Davis racist.
3: Oh my god! Uh, Three Bill is my favorite movie. <laughs> fuck all y'all! I'm out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> dick is racist. Uh, no, okay, so Octavia Spencer playing Octavia Spencer. Uh, she um is talking to Sally Hawkins after she talks about how you know they banged it out and they're like but how it, it's this total like non sequitur um it doesn't lead to anything uh all it does is contextualize for the audience um a way that they had sex yeah uh, and it, it's not necessary at all and it seems to for a movie um that that tries to connect to people who feel like outsiders, it specifically tries to, uh, bring this heteronormative, um, line into it that, that I, I, it, I don't know. This movie just uh, fails on a lot of ways and it's hard to hate because it is just so like childish, childish and just like sweethearted. It's just so misguided. Yeah. It's just
0: that he still... like I could see some of his intent with with the relationship and and why it was sexual in nature. Uh, sort of oh, that sure. subversion of something you'd see in like Edward Scissorhands where it where it's almost a, a childlike chaste uh, courtship. And I, I could appreciate perhaps the subversion of that but here it just it reads very wrong like it, it the gilman you could say two outsiders uh, <laughs> but the gilman is never portrayed as humanistic at all he, he's they play they play up his bestial nature and thereby turning this relationship into something sexual just reads as gross
3: right yeah i'd argue sean it's a it's an easy film to hate um because a a lot of my (laughs) reaction towards the shape of water is very much echoes what adam said um and i've always sort of more appreciated some of guillermo del toro's work over the years rather than outright liked him like i do have fond memories of seeing pan's labyrinth uh back when i was 16 or 17 whenever they came out and um i enjoyed the hellboy movies and i thought um What was the gothic one? Crimson Peak. I thought that was like a fun Blade Two movie. (laughs) Never saw Blade Two. Sorry to say, Uh, or any Blades for that matter. But yeah, the buzz that this film was getting. It seemed like this was a like Guillermo del Toro's like crowning achievement and probably like his return to his finest form as a filmmaker. And B also like one of the year's most acclaimed films. Like I follow a lot of film critics on Letterboxd, and there's like five stars across the board for this thing. And so. Like going into it, I think it came out the first week of December. Here, I was like ready to alter my top ten list to maybe include it, but I just I thought it was completely tone deaf and and stupid, and all the characters are one note. Um And, and yeah, it's 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 like yeah, I, Shannon's I it
2: character like, is just he's, awful.
3: Yeah, he's just uh like he, I feel like he's becoming like the the heavy you hire just if you need a, a villain to chew the scenery and stomp around. You get Michael Shannon. Which, Which is really sucks. a waste of Michael Shannon's talent. Yeah. He's such a fine actor. And, it, and yeah, and this is like getting, like, I I was hearing all these awards buzz, like, oh, Sally Hawkins might be in the running for best actress. I, I, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> shit.
0: Yeah, I liked Sally Hawkins in it. I thought she did a fine job, but the, yeah. uh, the role as written was yeah. pretty damn thin.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's it's – it's like Sean said for a, for a movie that's like sort of uh, striving toward to being towards being this like paragon of progressivism and open-mindedness and you know sort of boundary breaking it's oddly conservative like it's it it, mm. it it there's not really too much that's But Eric what the diner scene <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh
0: god oh god yeah, Richard Jenkins. Jesus, he's fucking terrible in this movie. Oh, really? I fucking can't stand him. Oh man, I'm glad it worked for someone. I thought he was just fucking vamping it up and sucked.
1: Dude, the lack of scaly right, fish right, cock is go. killing me though. Like, I can't, I can't get past that. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, right, I mean, right. I'm let let's down do by the lack the of fish dick. But uh, one of the things that really surprised me was uh, I, I went to see Landline and oh, yeah. oh, I liked Obvious Child, but I, I I had, like, zero expectations. I was just like, oh, I'll go see Landline, whatever, and I loved it. Like, it, it's really stuck with me. It's one of my dear, favorite dear. films of the year, and I had so much fun watching it, and uh, I was in a packed theater, which was super cool. Um, I actually got to see it. Sean, you'll appreciate this, and no one else who's listening will. There's this really, really old, like, built-in-the-1920s theater in Milwaukee called The Oriental and uh that's racist yeah yeah you know (laughs) that's how we do it that's how we do it in milwaukee but there's there's an upstairs balcony you'll love it yeah jake jake is going to be super into it oh man there's an upstairs balcony area but it's always closed off because like the theater's old as shit and and it's it's probably a little dangerous and the seats are all falling apart and i actually got to sit in the upstairs balcony and it ruled because you know how like you see I don't know, like, if, if, if a movie or, or something was making fun of, like, an old shitty theater and they just had, like, oh, look at these seats with the springs sticking out of them, it, it had that going on. It was pretty awesome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice.
1: Huh. But, yeah, it's I I don't know. I had a great time watching that, and I feel like, I don't know, It, it I did pretty well with critics, but I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it now, so yeah. go watch Landline. I, I
3: saw it. I enjoyed it, too. It was a delightful 90-minute movie. That's uh, weird. That's weird because my,
2: like, if I didn't have, like, the big letdown that, that, um, that, uh, Myros alluded to, um, Landline was on mine. Like, I liked it. It was, I would, I would say it was good, but, like, I loved Obvious Child and Landline has just, like, failed to stick with me at all. But, uh, um, that's a special case of just, like, like, Obvious Child is just one of the movies that I've watched, like, time and time again.
0: Oh, yeah. I never said a surprise. I should probably touch on it briefly. I would, I would, I'm going to say that episode of Twin Peaks, the, the old episode eight, because uh, I was kind of well, lulled into being a little disappointed with it and, and not sure where it was headed. And then that episode hit and it knocked my head clean off my shoulders. There you go. Uh, I'll
3: do you, I'll do you one better. My surprise, I'm just going to say it. Twin Peaks, The Return is. I think the greatest artistic achievement of 2017. Oh shit. Yeah. That's uh there is no reason for it to be as good as it was. And I was really concerned because Lynch hadn't done any films in almost 12 years. And, uh, uh, and considering his last film was Inland Empire, and he was making comments that, you know, Fire Walk With Me is very important to understand the return, which I don't have a problem with. I, I love Fire Walk With Me, but I can see how some people could be trepidatious about it. But, yeah, Twin Peaks, like, consistently exceeded my expectations every week. Uh, it was, like... I the only time I really felt giddy watching something, and I I don't remember the last time I was excited to tune in week to week to watch a new episode of Twin Peaks like an old TV show that you love, and and it really just uh, exceeded my expectations by leaps and bounds, and and uh, and I think for like serious awards consideration, I think Kyle MacLachlan in essentially three different roles gives the best performance in 2017 as uh, Cooper,
4: Bad Cooper, and Dougie Jones. He's arguably like five or six different characters, which is, like, yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let's see if he takes any uh, hardware home from the Golden
0: Globes. Ooh. I'm sorry
3: to step on you there, Adam, I, if you had something else oh, to say. Oh, no, I,
0: I had took up plenty of time with my disappointment. I what just was wanted your... to throw it out there real quick. What
3: yeah. was your letdown,
2: uh, Jake?
3: Oh, I I essentially, The Shape of Water was the one I had um, queued up as well, but uh, Adam... Touched upon it nicely. Yeah. I thought I could add on that. Um, I mean, as far as other disappointments go, I, I think uh, I think Justice League was a real blow to the the DC and uh, it's going to be hard for them to recover from that one. <laughs> but uh, we'll, uh, we'll try again next.
0: Justice League was so Jake shitty. Had the, the highest of hopes for Justice.
3: League. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, for I was kind I of hoping he was serious. <laughs> I mean, here's, well, here's the I'll, thing, though. I'll 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 do a film I didn't hate. Um but I didn't think it was as great as everyone said it was, and I think we joked about it earlier, was Logan, uh and everyone's saying, Oh my god, it's like this this existential masterpiece of comic book films. It's uh, like greatest. Is that the
2: is that the biopic of Logan Paul?
3: Yeah, the, it's about um it stars Matthew McConaughey, it's called Sea of Trees, where he goes into the suicide forest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
1: It's my favorite found footage movie. (laughs)
3: Um, But everyone just, like, really hyped up Logan. And then when I went and saw it, I thought the first two-thirds of it were okay. But then, like, once, like, all these child mutants get introduced, spoiler alert, it turns into Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. And it really just nosedives down from there. But um, Logan, not worthy of the hype, I say. Yeah, Um, I'd agree with that. In a a year saturated with comic book films.
1: Uh, Can I go? No. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead. (laughs)
2: Um, Surprise. um, uh, I would go with a documentary uh, similar to to Eric. Um, A documentary that I didn't know anything about. I know it was showing at, like, one theater um, in Lansing for a while, and, and I missed it, and I, like but I didn't have any reason to go. And then um, uh, me and Sophie were looking for something to go to um, in Kalamazoo at, at one weekend, and we were just like, let's just go see Dina or Dinah. I can't remember how it's pronounced. And we went to it and we just, like, fell in love. We had, like, a theater to ourselves except for one other person, and um, it's this documentary about the, these this couple um, – who are on the spectrum and, um, that it's just about like their daily life and, and romance, um, and, and marriage, uh, like leading up to their marriage. And it's just delightful. Um, this is like what I wish the shape of water was in spirit, like just a, a movie that is just like unimpeachably like sweet and nice and just like hits all the right marks. Um, Tina is just like really 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 I, I can't I can't praise it enough it's nice um but uh as far as letdowns um uh, downsizing Alexander Payne's downsizing uh, uh, um, groans uh I've been a huge Payne fan like i I've I'm just like a Payne mark all the way um i, I I've always considered him like one of the strongest American uh, contemporary. Uh, directors since you know 2003 when I saw about Schmidt probably um, and I, I've just like I made a trip I, I, I traveled a long ways to go see Sideways and um, when that came out and just absolutely loved that um, I'm a Descendants apologist even um, and downsizing i kind of knew going into it by the time to- by the time it came to me that um it probably wasn't going to be good uh but i was kind of like just sort of interested in and in seeing how Payne's um talents weren't used correctly or where it went wrong and boy is it just like a mess and it's just like befuddling really bad um and that's just it's, it's funny because stuff just keeps going on top of other things in it and uh I heard him in an interview recently talk about how him and his co-writer Jim Taylor I think
0: yeah, um, yeah that's not, right.
2: not the not the singer-songwriter um, and uh, they uh, were writing it and they had a tough time because they had this concept and they couldn't think about how to um, like branch out and create a story for a film and they they kind of realized, at one point that they're like, well, we have a mini series here, but we don't want to make a miniseries, which is just so frustrating to hear because it's like this would have been a great HBO six episode thing. Like, I mean, maybe not great, but I would have it would have been better. And I would have liked to see like him develop some of the themes because it could have it, it like it does have like a really good central uh, potential for allegory in this concept. And it just just goes out the window uh,
0: immediately. Yeah, I don't. Is it? Jake, you saw this, right?
3: The downsizing? No, I did not. Oh. I stayed away specifically because of what you guys said.
0: Are, are we the <laughs>
3: I, I, just, I let you guys go see dog shit movies, and I just
1: don't go see them. So thanks. Well,
0: that's because you you never got your movie pass. No, I
3: did. Well, I yeah. Because downsizing. Downsizing. Yeah. I just I, I I just couldn't believe that that was a thing that exists, and it got mildly positive reviews from some people. But I think you guys seeing it and hating it confirmed my suspicions that I should just you
0: clear you can uh, yeah, I don't even think here. you can fathom how bad it is it's it I, yeah. I, I I wish for all of you to see it because it's it It, <laughs> it defies comprehension I think even beyond <laughs> beyond pain being like one of the greatest directors of his generation I think he and Taylor comprise some of the very best writing that I've seen out of Hollywood in my lifetime uh so this was just crushing. Like, it, it is shit. It's fucking dog <laughs> shit. It's terribly written. It's ill-conceived. It looks awful. Uh, th- it has, like, sight gags for the first 40 minutes, but even the
2: sight gags are inconsistent where, like, certain things are bigger than the previous sight gag. Like, it doesn't measure up. It's very weird.
0: Yeah, I was reading something yeah. about its, its troubled production and how Damon had, like, dropped out of manchester by the sea to make this and then oh uh, man <laughs> and a like pulled all the funding before they finished it and i'm like well yeah they probably saw the fucking dailies and were like no <laughs> abandon ship because this is a third act in this that's just like bonkers it is super preachy and uh this actress who is uh, for some reason nominated for like a golden globe uh Man, I thought it was downright offensive performance. I, just characterization was was very stereotypical to the point where it was just uh, uncomfortable to watch.
1: Well, shit. Can't wait to rent it on Redbox. No, I'm not going to do
0: that. You, you really should. Uh, it, it bears seeing just to marvel at. What could have possibly gone wrong here i i yeah, just don't
2: uh, wait in line at your red box
1: <laughs> i'll I'll try my best now too um so this this is good because i'm I'm glad that j mentioned doing Peaks because I think I think that that's a nice way to sort of segue into this but um uh, the other thing that I want to talk about before we, you know, get into our resolutions and close out and everything is, uh, how much did you guys really like people talking about whether or not Twin Peaks was a movie or not for the past like four months? <laughs> it's been great for me. I love, I love how that's all the only thing on Twitter. I just, I can't get enough.
0: <laughs> what about Young Pope? Is that a movie?
1: Yeah, why is a Young Pope a movie? That's, that's, that's your next Optimism Vaccine article.
2: No, you. no, Young Pope is not a movie because it just didn't elevate the medium, man. <laughs> the medium that I don't watch except for HBO, man.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, young Pope, it, it just didn't look at all like cinema standardly does. It, it looked so flat, like that uh, sitcom aesthetic. I could see where the distinction lies.
4: If, if I can, if, if I can um, maybe be I, – I did actually enjoy or sort of maybe appreciate that the, the discussion was being had. I think maybe to the extent that it was being discussed was a little excessive, and I think some of the arguments before and against were – some arguments, not all, but some were – a bit dumb but um i i do kind of appreciate the fact that like the the conversation was being had because like i've sort of felt that way for a while that like you know the the obviously i'm not this isn't a new thought or anything but the line between tv and film are being blurred and like i don't know i guess i like i like that people were thinking about it a little bit differently even though when all of a sudden done yes film critics who are being idiots and putting twin peaks on your best film lists. Like it is a TV show at the end of the day. (laughs) Right.
2: Yeah. I hope, I, I hope that, uh, there was something to be had in that discourse. Um, the cynic in me knows that this conversation has happened over time with other properties Um, so, uh, it leaves me
0: little hope, but, but, uh, you're more optimistic than I, Eric. Well, it's just this year, there's just such a dearth of conversational points, you know, nothing's going on. We need, we need to focus on the important things, like whether something is television or film.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, if I don't know about TV or film, I just, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do
3: with myself. myself. Like, yeah. if I don't have that, that distinction, I just, my, my brain
1: just starts to melt out of my ears.
2: plus uh, uh, we remember uh, these lists for so long. That,
1: that's why I <laughs>
0: voted for Trump. He was, he was preoccupied with <laughs> the distinction between film and television. Yeah, I couldn't
1: figure it out. I was, I was just, I was watching Danny and Alexander. I was <laughs> like, what, what is this? And I just <laughs> voted for Trump. That's, you know, <laughs> I think that happened <laughs> to a lot of Americans. Oh. Uh, <laughs> now we're going to get some really angry emails. Excuse me, sir. Did you actually go for Trump? No, I didn't for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought
2: you were going to say, "Do you really think Twin Peaks is not a film?" Like <laughs>
1: yeah, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I got. This, speaking of Donald Trump, I got something amazing in the mail today. um I got. A, I mean, it's a form letter, but it's a letter that says it's from Donald Trump, uh, along with a survey. And uh, it basically says that they want to ask real Americans like serious questions about the state of uh, the world right now, and it's it's like the best thing because every question is just like, is Donald Trump a great president or the best president? And then those are the only <laughs> options. And then so there's like twenty questions, and then you get to the bottom, and there's just a thing that's just like. Oh, give us money now, and you have three options, or no, you have two options for donating money. The first one is, yes, I would like to, I have enclosed a check for X amount of dollars to help Donald Trump make America great again. And then the second option is, I have only included
0: $15 as a processing
1: fee for my (laughs) survey.
0: (laughs) Like, fucking $15 to process my survey? Oh, I, I, kinda really? wanna, I kinda wanna I kinda want to know what qualifies you as a real American. Is it your your Hulk Hogan that. fandom or <laughs> I don't,
1: I'm the least real American <laughs> It's fucking ridiculous. And so I, I don't know what's gonna I think I'm just gonna draw dicks all over it and just send it back without fifteen dollars <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so film film trends that I'm kind of like just over. uh of things that I'd like to change. One, I think I think more vloggers should be walking into Japanese suicide forests. You know, and that's not. That's <laughs> not you know? And it needs, it needs to be one. Like, let's 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 talk about it. You know.
3: Yeah, I'd love to see Fred go into the suicide forest and film a video there. Yeah, what's... what's Her,
2: lights, camera, Jackson.
3: <laughs> hey, everybody, today I'm in the suicide forest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, what's what's iCarly doing? Like, iCarly...
2: Three stars.
4: Could be, <laughs> like, what? a serious turn towards the suicide forest. <sighs> and I think she should... Say that. Just throw it <laughs> out there. Anyways, uh, aside <sighs> from that, um, the thing that, that I want, want to disappear
1: forever... <laughs> Is uh, there's this thing on YouTube it has been around for a little bit, but it seems to have really picked up steam, and uh, it, it's almost pre- it's, it's almost breeding its own subgenre of shitty YouTube stuff that I fucking hate. And it's, uh, have you guys heard uh, of Cinema Sins? Are you, are you familiar
0: with this? Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. It is a <laughs> shit. So, like,
1: the common gripe among people who like movies is just like, oh, they're being, like, super nitpicky, but not in a fun way, and it's just, like, just being annoying, fanboy murder. So, this is that
3: just taken to an insane degree. And, and all of these videos that they do, they're, like, 20 minutes long, and they say absolutely nothing.
1: They might they as well just, just be, like, like, making fart noises into a, into a microphone for 20
4: minutes. They literally just pick out continuity errors, at, like, here and there. And it's just, like—and nice. they, they they pass that off as, like, criticism, essentially.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Qu- a question. Are there— Continuity
4: errors.
2: I, I have a question, and I'm not being cynical or, or anything like that, but um, are there good things, like, film-related on YouTube— besides like koganata videos here and there
0: uh yeah there are it's kind of hard to find but you know i think that video game uh like serious video game critique uh sort of led into some people trying that in the film realm uh and in either medium it's it's kind of hard to to parse out the good stuff but it, but it exists uh one of the main problems is I, I know there was a channel called like Every Frame a Painting, which was quite yeah. interesting, but I I believe it it was basically kiboshed by YouTube because they they got demonetized for everything they'd put up because well it's been picked up
3: by Filmstruck now
4: yeah oh, yeah yeah they they just decided to end it recently just because they've gotten busy doing other stuff but yeah yeah
3: no it is
1: it is hard to find okay. new stuff and the other thing too is even when People who may have started off in, or, or you know, bread and butter is like the written medium of film criticism. Their videos are fucking terrible. Like, if I never have to watch another fucking Bob Chipman video again, I, I mean, oh Jesus,
2: Bob Chipman. I don't know who that is, but I like that name. He <laughs>
1: is the fucking worst dude. So he decided that a, a good use of his time was to dedicate literally two separate ninety-minute videos to why justice league sucks and the thing is is yeah justice League wasn't very good but that seems like something you can do in about like 1500 words or less it does not seem like something you need to dedicate three hours to like it blows my fucking mind like what the fuck are you doing man Jeez.
0: uh we should make a, a cinema sins about uh, twin peaks sin number one it's not fucking cinema
4: I I do have a couple YouTube channel, like, film-related YouTube channels that I can recommend to people. Um, Kyle Calgren is, like, he's a a really good, like, critic and filmmaker or film analyst, I guess you'd call him. Um, He does, like, he does, like, long videos, but he puts, like, actual thought into you know, what he's saying and the movies he picks out and everything. Like, he did this great, like, whole episode just on the love witch um from a couple years ago and there's a great he, he has an excellent video about like native american representation and he uses dead jim jarmusch's dead man as a jumping off point and it's like it's a great video he's one of the few like sort of film critics on youtube who's actually good and worthwhile and there's a couple like other filmmaking stuff like lessons from the screenplay and this guy edits that are really interesting but um that's more for like People like me who are learning how to make movies, rather than people who want to like pick apart movies, as it were.
2: Uh, so you're not one of those filmmakers who's just like oh, I just learned by watching. Movies.
4: Yeah, me and me and QT. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, right. all right, so, so we, we've covered the, the
1: TV movie. We've covered uh, why YouTube should be just fucking murdered around.
2: I have I have something that's not really like discourse related but actual like film production related. Okay. I'm sick uh currently I'm sick of uh like they're usually made by male auteurs but um obsession narratives. Um I'm tired of movies um uh actually I and and maybe this doesn't seem I'm sure it is relevant if I think about it, uh, this year, but it doesn't seem like the big movies this year were, were necessarily about this, you know, like we didn't have like an American sniper that I can think of, but, um, uh, but we, I I also just watched there will be blood. So maybe that's why it's sticking my head, but, um, uh, I'm sick of like over the past like few years, um, just like so many movies like that are made by well-known uh male filmmakers um being about like a a protagonist who's obsessed and uh we're going to see you know all the destruction he causes and then the end is just going to be him you know at a loss and just we see him wallowing in in his destruction and and like it it it's become like almost like um almost like self parody at this point mm-hmm. to just like have this narrative like i'm so sick of why is that in itself good i I feel like probably a large part of like the imdb top 100 if i were to look at it is is like some of these movies that are just like well it's good why it just is about obsession Uh, or just like in his vision of this obsession it's just like i don't care anymore um i i don't know does that ring true to anybody
4: i i i i I agree with that, Sean. Like, I, like you, we were talking about, you were talking about in our group chat earlier. The uh, about there will be blood, and I think you said something like it presupposes its greatness. Like it just, sort oh, of yeah. like, it's just sort of like it. It. I feel like a lot of the reason people were calling that like a big important movie is because the movie basically announced itself as like a big important movie, like this big grandiloquent, you know, masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And like, I think I guess I sort of want to piggyback off that point and sort of say like the the trend in sort of like film criticism and discourse i'd like to sort of see die is like critics who just sort of dutifully go along with that like with whatever the film is selling and they just sort Mm -hmm. of like so like okay this is what the film is going for and so that's just what the film is it's like well no that's not the case like we were talking about we'll get in i'm sure we'll get in more into three billboards early like later but like uh, uh, like I sort of wrote to you guys like like here's what I think 3 Billboards is going for to like assume that it like I, yes it ends up as this kind of like pro cop like kind of blue lives matter bs but like what it's going for is kind of like this redemption narrative which I can sort of understand and sort of get on board with but if the execution were better but the execute but what it ends up being is like this like just ridiculous racist bullshit Um, and so I think film critics are too often. I see, I see just way, way, way too many film critics just going along with that. Just saying like, well, here's what the film's going for. Well, I don't care if this is what the film is going for. Does it actually get there? Does it actually like, what does the film actually do? What does it end up being? Um, and don't yeah. just don't just like parody the 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 stuff that they put out in the press release like like or just or, yeah, or yeah. parody the stuff. Like, I think don't don't just think... go don't just go along with with the hype. Don't give this movie a good review just because like everybody else seems to like it and 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 it's got a lot of Oscar buzz. I mean, you don't have to be fucking Armand white, but like you know, put, <laughs> like put some, put some thought into it. Like put some thought, Like you know, is this movie actually worth praising? Like some it's okay if a movie's just if a movie that's released in November and has a lot of Oscar buzz is just fine like it
2: <laughs> yeah i think i think that that happened a little bit with baby driver 2 is just like um it got caught up in, in that I, I, at least when i saw it and when i i talked to other people who had saw it they're just like what is this but um but uh going along with um god what was not 3 billboard
4: like, oh, I guess, I guess uh, but I with saying...
2: the three billboards thing, like a lot of people brought up the fact that like maybe um this is like a festival thing where like some people get yeah. like, this exclusive, uh, this exclusive invite to or, or press pass to to um, festivals. And they're just like they see something that they're hyped about and they want to have exactly. that. They want to hold that over everybody else um, and just be like, you got to you got to see this. Like, exactly. Wait you get this. Like, uh, so I wonder how much that plays into it.
4: Yeah. And yeah, I think festival hype definitely plays into it. I remember like last year there was like like two, three, maybe four films that I saw that came out of Sundance. Where I was just like, why were people going nuts over this? Like, Birth of a Nation was one. I, I'm I'm in the minority and people who were like a little underwhelmed by Manchester by the Sea. But there was like a couple different movies where I was just like, why are they freaking out about this? Like, why was this getting such a big response? And yeah, I think festival hype, especially with like Sundance and then like Toronto and Telluride and um like those those, those their hype is the worst hype, I think. But then also yeah. like we were we were also talking about The Shape of Water. Too like I think that's another movie that, um, you know, critics are just sort of going along with it because it it very very loudly and obnoxiously procre- proclaims this sort of like message of like love and celebrating otherness or whatever, and and critics just see that and it's like well does it again does it like does it accomplish that goal does oh it, yeah does it I, I, does that... it does it like 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 actually look at the do the work think about the movie and ask yourself it's like okay this is what it's going for but does it get there like what what does the film actually end up being not what that, it that gets to, to
2: that gets to i'm really glad you said that because that gets to like a really great point uh that sort of like i i experienced with both shape of water and uh this morning when i was like going to read some there will be blood like retrospectives because it's 10 years old uh after I saw the um Shape of Water, I was not interested in reading any positive reviews and, and like that might just sound like confirmation bias stuff or whatever, but like um I just knew I mean I ended up doing it, but um but I just knew what I was going to get. You know, I knew that it was going to, I know exactly the points that they're going to bolster and it's not, and it's all going to be about feeling. And that's like, whatever, but like, I want to, I want to see some support through like images and machinations with the plot. And I just want to see that stuff done. Like, I don't care about your love letter to the movie really. And, um, it is the same with There Will Be Blood. I like There Will Be Blood. I want to get that out of the way, but like oh, yeah. I knew exactly the type of review I was going to get, and yeah, that's kind of what like just, just sort of like lazy.
4: They all seem to say like the uh, variations of like just the same thing. It's just like oh, it's this brilliant blah blah blah, stunning cinematography, blah blah blah, blah.
2: fairy tale humanity. Yeah,
4: yeah exactly.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh, given my experiences this year, give me an obsession, uh, narrative over a redemption narrative. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they go hand in hand, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think there will be blood's not the greatest example of this. I, I don't think that it's, no, it's really Revenant probably is right. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that there will be blood is, is entirely about an uh, obsession narrative. No. It's, uh, it's about, it's more of an allegory, but let's for not sure, dive sure. into that.
4: <laughs> but you but love yeah, the allegories the so rev- much,
0: Adam. <laughs> the wow. revenant
2: is what I'm talking about. I guess that that's the epitome of this um, this type of movie. Yes.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that movie's miserable. I hate it. So, <laughs> where where? how you really <laughs> feel? <laughs> Where's the host? Here, what happened to the host? Sorry, no, the, the host ran off to go
1: grab another beer. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm failing at my hosting duties it's unfortunate though because my the cord on my headphones is just long enough where i can't reach the fridge so i have to take my headphones off but it's it's so close and i feel like if i can just stretch it a little bit more and and that's part of my 2018 resolution is figure out a way to get beer while not leaving my chair while hosting a podcast uh buy an aftermarket yeah. headphone cord I'm, okay, well, see now you just made it really easy. So I guess that's good because I can actually keep a resolution. Um I actually have some, some fantastic twenty eighteen
0: resolutions that I'd like to share with all of you. Uh, I don't think we're there
3: yet. But, well um, I mean
0: we're we're almost there. We're getting there. What we're else do we have to do? I I don't have a checklist in just, front of just me.
3: One thing, one thing I want to just say see die off uh, completely is uh, fan theories and fan entitlement. Uh, nobody gives yeah. a fuck what you think or what you deserve or what should happen because you want it to happen. Um, I think people would be better off if they just went in and saw the film on its own and not tried to postulate as to where it should go um, or confirm things. And, and I, I this is – and this is not like a, a something that I participate in or follow, but – just, I just couldn't like shake from my Twitter and my Facebook feed how much people hated the new Star Wars for some reason, which I actually really liked and think it's probably the best Star Wars film since uh, Empire. Um, but so many people are just up in arms about how like it does a disservice to the rest of the movies, and I'm like, huh. well, it's it's trying something different. Give it a fucking break. <laughs> but no, yeah, man. I don't. Yeah, fan entitlement is like the worst thing, and and. Uh, uh, yeah, and and I and I'm also sick of like if I go see a Marvel film and then I and I tell somebody I don't like it and then they say, oh well, you know, it's exactly how it was in the comic books.
0: <laughs> Jay, <laughs> Jay Jay Harris. Harris. I've got a, an article you should read by uh, one of my favorite authors, Devin Farachi. <laughs> 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 yeah.
3: What would, be that, what would that article be called?
0: uh something about fandom toxic what's fandom what's the deal with fandom <laughs> 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 no yeah, man f- fandom is super it. important like
1: yeah, uh, yeah. you know uh, it, it, who cares about the movie it's it's just about making sure that like you know everything is is canon and you know like you you incorporate all the the fan fiction that's out there into your your movie that yeah. you're making like all that's super important and uh also yeah like uh fan theories are good too because every movie is actually a puzzle and you can't enjoy it until you figure it out so it's like a fucking rubik's cube and there's a million things that you need to to decode yeah.
3: oh, and once you're able to make away, that man. 20 minute youtube review that explains the movie back to the viewer uh you know you've you've figured out the movie that's like the ultimate success in this world yep that's oh, yeah. and that's what happens
1: is is you figure it out and then you win
0: we're that's, that's we're it. back to YouTube with something even more obnoxious than the cinema sins, the film theorists. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Ugh. Can you imagine? I the feeling I'm not missing
1: much uh, not going to YouTube. All no, of. man. All you got to do is just, just search for Logan Paul Suicide Forest video. That's the only thing that's worth watching <laughs> on that website. <laughs> coming to a Criterion Collection. Yeah, coming to a Criterion <laughs> Collection <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: it's, you're it's, not missing much, Sean. Even if you glob onto the uh, few channels that are worthwhile, then it it just ends up being time you spend on something you really could be spending elsewhere uh, with yeah. better purpose and merit. Sean, Sean, all I'm
1: going to say is, you know, for for decades, people were like, "No one's ever going to make a, a sequel to Death by Hanging," and then the Paul Brothers just hit the woods and they made it happen.
4: <laughs> <God>. uh...
1: <laughs> I'm just not going to stop with that, anyways. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, like I, I, I never understood the like. So, can you imagine like writing a movie or or directing a movie, and then just everything that goes into that, and then someone also thinks that you have created like an entire like,
4: uh,
1: just you know, subtextual thing that needs to be decoded. Like, what the fuck? Why, why do why does everyone have to treat a movie like a puzzle i, I don't i don't see why they do that is it just it's, for like personal fulfillment
4: or what why I think it's like an offshoot of like uh, you know not to harp on video games let's sound like an old man because I like video games but I think it's a byproduct of video game culture where it's like if you solve the puzzle of the film if you figure it out then you win it's like it's yeah. all like kind of like a it's all like a game. It's a, it's a, it's a binary. Like you either win it and you enjoy it or you don't, or you just don't get it and you lose. And (laughs) I don't
0: know. Uh, Personally, I blame David Lynch.
4: (laughs) It does seem to be
1: his fault. Although the fun thing about his game is no one ever wins. So you're really just, you know, you're stuck.
4: You only win by not playing. Yeah. You only win by not
1: playing. that's what i really want to see god i just want to go on youtube right now and watch a a 90 minute long video of someone explaining lost highway to me but like not just 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 them staring directly at a webcam just telling me about like bill pullman (laughs)
4: there's there's a youtube channel i'm not even going to dignify it with like by naming it because i don't want people going to it but like i happened across it while twin peaks was airing this summer and I would occasionally watch it, and it was just, like, it was the most obnoxious thing, like, trying to solve what was going to happen in, like, the next couple episodes. It's, like, just wait a fucking week, and, like, you'll know, at first off. and But then, like, I just saw, like, again, that's, it popped up in my recommendations or something, and, like, it was the title of, like, parsing the different timelines of Twin Peaks. I was, like, what the fuck are you talking about, like? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, people love that shit, man. That's
1: like yeah, uh, This is the
2: This is what's great about a podcast. One, uh often there are better ones. Uh and two, <laughs> you don't have to sit down and watch and like watch something. You could just put it on and you know, walk to work <laughs> or whatever.
1: Just let it all wash over you, baby.
0: So what Sean's suggesting is uh please listen to a better podcast.
1: Yeah, that that seems to be his point. <laughs> Or go through our back catalog instead of this YouTube stuff. Hey, no, this is this is great. This is gold. Uh, yeah, make sure you check out the Cinema Sins podcast. Uh, <laughs> 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 Holy shit! All right, you boys, ready for some resolutions? Sure. Yeah. Because I, I got I got some whoppers for you. Um, my number one is, you know, in in 2017, I tried to make this happen as much as possible, but I feel like my commitment wasn't there. Um, so 2018, I'm doubling down. I'm getting serious, um, and I want to be blocked by every single editor of Birth Movies Death. I just I need that to happen. Nice. Um, so so far, I've got I've got Phil Noble Jr. Um, I've got that white blonde guy that wrote a book about Medea. Um, so, Evan
3: sat off or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So I don't
1: even know this guy. No, he sucks. Uh, I, I, I'm working my way through. Um, yeah, me and Phil Noble came to blows because um, he was crying on Twitter because he was just like, People need to stop being mean to the New York Times and the Washington Post for doing
0: <laughs> sad
1: articles about white supremacists and how they're sad and how they buy toilet paper to wipe their butts, too. And I was just like, I don't give a fuck if a white supremacist wipes his butt like that doesn't matter to me. And then he blocked me.
4: Wait, did you did you come to literal blows with this guy or just Twitter blows? Twitter blows. I wish I could oh, come to literal okay. blows. He was like,
2: yeah, I'm, I'm just going like, <laughs> to stop. He was like, stop. And also uh, read my review of three billboards. <laughs> Just like,
4: oh, and by the way,
1: Triple uh, X State of the Union was the best movie of
4: 2017.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, of that's year. not the right movie. But. No,
4: I mean, but that, movie. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: that one's got Ice Cube, so it actually
1: is the best one of 2017. Isn't that
4: what yeah, Scott Wompler put in Ice his Cube number is one? In
1: Xander Cage. Yeah, I think so.
2: Uh, I think he put it out like his top 10 at least, but.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, I also want to yeah, get blocked by any film wise, critic though. who decides that Last Tango in Paris has the best sex scene in the history of cinema. Oh, oh, yeah. nice. oh, oh god. Oh, delicious
3: butter. <laughs> get the butter.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, they can go ahead and block me. So just just get blocked more. Like that's that's my thing in 2018. Just that's that's the life that I'm living. Get blocked more. Yeah.
3: You just go to Priscilla Page and say, The Shape of Water is dumb, and spell dumb D-U-M, and you'll get blocked immediately. <laughs> I got blocked 20, people for 29. less.
1: I got blocked by Peter did Dow. Did you really, Jake?
3: What? You did? No, I didn't do that. I, th- I oh, might, though. Oh, I was like, Jeez. she wouldn't do that, though. But she's, she's like, she, I, I, I'm i sorry to call her out on on this, but she seems like a emotionally insecure person. Like, she's always tweeting about how, like, oh, I broke up with a boyfriend because he didn't like this one movie
4: what uh, t- yeah it's terrible I, I mean the charitable tweet all the time
2: the charitable part of me is it thinks that it, that that's a uh, like seinfeld-esque type of thing um but the other part of me um like i said like with with her and other people it's just always about like you don't like this movie maybe you shouldn't have missed the fucking
1: point idiot yeah yeah i mean if if i had a fucking dollar for every girl i broke up with cuz she didn't like beverly hills ninja i mean god <laughs> i could retire <laughs> yeah that's oh jesus yeah so i, I just i just really want to get blocked a lot that's it that's all i want to do the, you know that,
4: you can just unfollow people, right, Steve?
1: No, no, no. It's 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 much better if I if because then because I can unfollow people, but I I'd, I'd still I might need to know. Like I need them to get rid of me. Uh, uh, you can also just play basketball against Shaq. Could I could I actually guess. I, I want to get unfollowed, right now but I was blocking. Not I also, at all. <laughs> I wanna I wanna get followed by Aaron Carter, so I wanna get blocked by Birth Movies Death, followed by Aaron Carter, and uh, that'll personally fulfill me in every way imaginable.
3: That reminds me, uh, Kazam and Steel were two of my favorite non-2017 discoveries from last year. There you go, man. Uh, All right. right. Those are are rosable classics. Because of Shaq, wow. You skipped
0: out on Blue Chips? Yeah, Blue Chips is, is a classic. Sean's, Nolte, Sean claims he's an NBA man and Matumbo was just sitting out there and he goes, he goes with Shaq for blocks. I I just don't get it. <laughs> I was, no. Um, I don't know. so yeah, I, I, you People could don't just know who Matumbo is. You could Maybe just go the uh, this is commercials, but you go the Adam Myros route and, uh, not use Twitter. You know, it's like everyone has preemptively blocked me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to think that everybody would preemptively block you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So wait, Marius, what what are you what's your 2018 resolution?
0: Uh I I'd, I'd say it's it's mostly OpVac related. Um I think by the time we publish this we're going to have the Patreon up and running. Uh, nice. So really, I just want to do right by anyone gracious enough to support us and and work on, you know, perhaps a couple of new podcasts we've been uh thinking up and uh, also I just want to kind of get back to writing maybe uh, once uh, every month or two try and, try and hammer out 10 articles a year or so uh, you know the, the movie pass as much as it's a, kind of a piece of shit organization has uh, given me plenty of viewing opportunities and uh, nothing I don't have any excuses so fuck it, fuck I'm, it. I'm glad right you now, mentioned right
1: movie now. pass too because my other resolution for 2018 is just never to get my my movie pass ever that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not never going to happen. I, I mean, literally, I, I had a serious DM conversation with like the former president of fucking Netflix who runs movie passes. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. We'll get that taken care of right away. Motherfucker, that was a month ago. I know you're listening right now. Where the fuck's my movie yeah. pass? <laughs> movie pass trying to get their finger on the pulse of audiences everywhere. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, Sean, how about you? You got a, you got a uh, resolution for 2018?
2: Uh, yeah, um, my 2017 resolution, uh, was to watch more horror. I did that. I didn't, I, I I would probably give myself like a B minus C plus on it. Uh, but I did did some some good work work, and I read some some stuff stuff, and it was good. Uh, but I think I'm going to do better with this year's, um, (laughs) it's to, to, to watch all of Logan Paul's, uh, back catalog. Excellent. Um, Excellent. Get Jake in there too, man. (laughs) Um I uh yeah <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was funny but uh <laughs> um I'm going to watch a ton of international stuff. Um uh, originally I was trying to figure out a way to um to figure this out like um to uh do like a country month but uh the way that like Filmstruck works which is a great resource for me um stuff leaves and I don't want to like miss opportunities just because of like some arbitrary schism or whatever but um Uh, So I'm I'm just going to like set like um, I'm going to just watch a lot of international stuff that isn't from like the largest exports. Um, So, you know, I've seen a ton of like Italian and French and some German stuff, but I'm sure I have work to do there. Um, And I'm sure like Japanese, I've seen a lot of Japanese stuff, but I'm I'm sure there's still more work to do there. But I'm going to focus works outside of those places, um, some lesser known um, lesser exported uh, European countries and just a bunch of whatever I can find that's around that, that's, you know, um, that uh, is from countries that I haven't seen a lot from. Um, I'm going to try i I'm going to say 50, but hope that I go over that um, as far as entries for the year. Um, but yeah, uh, I, you know, like when I was going through all Motivar's work this year, um it was a great opportunity to just like um, get like a contextualized understanding of like story and characters. Like it, this, so, this goes along with like reading alongside uh, some of this stuff. So if I if I watch some like check new wave stuff, I want to be able to like read some some chapters about that and um, and. I I did that with All Motivar and and it just gave me like a way to like understand like Spanish history a little bit more, but also understand the the films a little bit more um, as well. And and it's just like a more interesting experience for me. And I want to keep pursuing
1: that. Well, that's a that's a really well thought out answer. And I'm I'm almost disappointed because I I didn't have one as good as that. So thanks a lot, asshole, for making us all look bad. You're welcome. <laughs> Jake, do you have a, a 2018 resolution?
3: Yeah, aside from writing more, I think what I really want to do is sort of. Uh, well, I've amassed a lot of physical media over the past few years, um, courtesy of Criterion sales and whatnot. And uh, a lot of it just gets sat on the shelf and not watched. So I want to try to knock out most, if not all, of what I have waiting for me here. Uh, I've already hit the ground running with uh, the Decalogue this year, uh, which is outstanding. Um and probably the spot to beat for my best uh, pop culture discovery of not 2018 next year, but uh, but yeah, is a it, lot of it film
0: or television?
2: <laughs> it's, uh, <radio>. <laughs> out. We almost made it. We almost made <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, I'm
3: not here to discuss that. Um, but uh, yeah, lot, just uh, the thing is, the issue is that a lot of what I have are either very long movies like um, Andrei Rublev or a lot of box sets. Uh, that I need to really sort of set aside time to watch, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can do it, and also I'm gonna finish reading Infinite Jest which
1: I am now 25% through. Oh, good. Look. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you can't yeah. complete your evolution into white guy until you finish it. So <laughs> it's important. <laughs> it's, it's Jake shows form. up in
2: Milwaukee in like October um, and he's wearing like a bandana <laughs> and has
1: like <laughs> braids. Yeah. And then and then all, all of our friends in Milwaukee floor. are like, oh, man, your friend Jake is pretty cool, but why does he start every sentence with, well, actually?
4: <laughs>
1: uh. Uh, Eric, how about you? You got any resolutions?
4: Um, no, I don't do New Year's resolutions. No, um... <laughs> you know what? what? For the purpose of this podcast, motherfucker. <laughs> um, beyond some obvious ones of just, like, reading more, um, I guess film-related ones would be, um, I, like, I also, I, I've been holding off on getting film struck just for some reason just because I've been busy with school starting up and everything, so, but like, I'm, uh, now that I've got more, a lot more time on my hands, I sort of just want to dive into sort of expanding my palette like there's a lot of you know sort of so-called canon films or classics or what have you like you mentioned brisson earlier steve and i like i i haven't seen any brisson like at all um and like i've only seen like two bergman films and stuff like there's a lot of directors who i know like in theory i would probably really enjoy that i just haven't seen any of their stuff before so like i i'd like to remedy that and also just finding more films that aren't made by like straight white American dudes. I need to branch out, especially with like women directors. I need to see a lot more films, um, in that category. And just, um, and also like, I kind of, it's something that I sort of want to challenge myself to do is like, go to see whatever is topping the box office. Like I sort of want to, I like, you know, we we joked earlier about like getting our fingers on the pulse of the audience or whatever, but I'd like to, I'd sort of like to know like what what is making what is the insanely popular what are the insanely popular movies that are coming out and sort of maybe try to gauge or guess like why do people like you know I don't know what what's top right now probably Star Wars right like what mm-hmm. like, what, what are people responding to Star Wars I mean people downsizing
1: yeah <laughs> so you you, you want to know what the kids are hip to Eric is that exactly
4: what I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to become a populist. It makes sense. All right, I'm trying to right. I'm trying to simultaneously become more esoteric by watching as much Bergman <laughs> as possible, but then also like, hey, you, to, you can do a, do a lot worse. Balance.
1: It's all about balance, man. Exactly. All right, gentlemen. Uh, well, I think that pretty much wraps this one up. But uh, yeah, make sure if you're not following us already, you go to twitter.com. You follow us at optimism vaccine. If you want to follow me. That's uh, at Steve Cuff. That's at Steve C-U-F-F. Uh, if you're listening right now and you write for Birth, Movies, Death, you can go ahead and preemptively block me. Uh, <laughs> help help my resolution come true. In addition to that, make sure if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to say about the show, uh, OptimismVaccine at gmail.com. Also, head over to our iTunes page and make sure... That you give us a uh, written review and a rating, preferably of the five-star variety, because that helps more people discover the show. And the more people that discover the show, the more fabulous content that we can create for you. Uh, So make sure you're doing that. Jake, where can people find you on Twitter?
3: Yeah, they can find me at Jake Tropila,
4: T-R-O-P-I-L-A.
1: Sounds good. Uh, Eric, how about you, man?
4: I'm at Eric Bailey. Uh, Bailey spelled B-A-Y-L-E-Y
1: awesome and you can find sean at richard spencer that's at richard spencer (laughs) sean where do we find you uh at mr glennis okay or or you know his alternate handle whatever you're more comfortable with uh other than that i guess you know what it's uh it's it's been fun i'm excited for 2018 we got an oscar omnibus coming we got a bunch of new episodes coming we we actually have a back catalog for the first time in a long time so we got more stuff coming your way uh, and with that, I guess, uh yeah, have a good night, gentlemen.
4: Cheers. Thanks. We done. Night.
0: Catch me at game one. I cannot
3: be outdone. Jake Paul is number one. It's every day, bro. It's every day, bro.
4: It's every day, bro. I said it's every day, bro.